Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of season two of CKX Questions. My name is Yasmin Hassan, and I am the manager of program development and facilitation here at CKX. For this episode, it is an absolute pleasure to be joined by the incredible Renalyn. Renalyn is a queer Filipina artist and movement and meditation guide, born and raised as a settler in Tuckeranto. She graduated from OCAD University with a BFA in criticism and curatorial practice. Whether through art or wellness facilitation, her work centers in community and a compassionate, curious self-intimacy as a mediator for connection. Renalyn organizes a series of events titled Whole, Wholehearted, Whole Earth that gather artists to share story, self-actualization exercises, and to exchange knowledge and resources to empower and mirror one another. She integrates her studies in arts and curation in the ways in which she holds space as a meditation and mindful movement teacher. She's trained to offer kundalini yoga and breathwork, as well as fusion styles that combine Pilates, yoga stretches, and aerobic dance to encourage play as an act of resilience. She's currently studying with the New Leaf Foundation and Good Body Feel to inform her teaching in more of an anti-oppressive, trauma-informed lens. Welcome to the podcast, Renalyn. To start, how would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Hello, my name is Renalyn Quinnicott Javier. My pronouns are she, her. I am a queer Filipina that was born and raised in Tocoronto. Um, and I raised in her village which at the time was a hub for so many um, newcomers, uh, immigrant families and lower lower income families like my own. And I think this is a really important thing to talk about in my bio because I see how much that shaped my my growing up and the way I see the world. It was a community that was so based in uh, taking care of one another and allowing each other to feel seen in our differences and our sameness. So that's a huge part of who I carry myself to be or I hope to carry myself to be as a teacher of movement, meditation, and a facilitator of uh, various types of art events and gatherings. So my work focuses in um, conversations and also movement as a means of using the body too as an act of storytelling of remembering story and memory and lineage in the body as well so I work with bodies um, I work with oral storytelling and both are hugely based in community connection community building and I think inherently deep more deeply connecting to ourselves so that's my work (laughs) thank you no thank you so much for that um and really again just grounding yourself in place and that experience I really appreciated that introduction and and how you yeah introduce yourself to us all um and I've had the privilege of actually attending two of your your classes this summer um one of which was summer labs and the other Um, whole earth and I was curious if you could speak to how you got into this practice um, and what movement means to you because I think the way in which you embody it and teach it is something so beautiful and I would love to yeah hear more about it thank you so much 
I, first off, I just want to say your presence at both of those workshops and showing up with the full crew, sometimes color coordinated, <laughs> was truly a highlight. So it's been so lovely to see to see your presence there and to feel your presence there at both Summer Lab and Whole So they're two very separate things. <laughs> uh, Summer Lab was inspired by a labyrinth, which looks like a maze, except there are no dead ends. So there is a labyrinth on top of a hawk hill. So a hill where you see many hawk nests in High Park. I've lived here my whole life and only now, like this summer, have I found out that there was this labyrinth there. Um, and so, of course, I tried it. And I think the most fascinating thing about it was that I could not control knowing how long the path was going to be walking through those lines. And I had no way of knowing or anticipating which way to move next. And it became this huge metaphor of my process of thinking. Um, it felt like a huge embodiment of what it feels like to pace and mentally pace or mentally uh, ruminate on how you feel or your state of mind. Um, and instead of trying to control that, you continue to walk and start to drop into this place of like, okay, I may not know where I am headed <laughs> or what this path will look like, but I know I am on a path. And all I can do in that moment is surrender to just trusting that I'm on some kind of path. And that spoke waves to me when I met that labyrinth because it was the midst of quarantine, um, so much uh, rising in anti-racism in the workplace, in the home, in relationships, um, looking at systems of white supremacy that I've even carried as a woman of color and not always knowing what to do with what I was feeling. Somehow walking this labyrinth was a way of just reminding myself, like, you don't always have to know what's next or what to do with what you feel. Continue to walk and trust that you are on a path. I don't know what that path is, but I know I'm on a path and I know that that's guided. So Labyrinth, aka Summer Lab, was an experience of um, dropping into that place of trusting yourself, trusting your path, whatever it is you believe guides you. And, um, undergoing a self-study through movement, through play, through breathwork um, with other people in a physical space. So I think Summer Lab and that intention really ties into what we do in Whole Earth. Whole Earth was um, inspired by a magazine in the 60s and 70s built by a counterculture that really believed we could communally support each other with knowledge and resources as a way of countering the belief where we only have access to things um, should you have this certification, this gatekeeper to et cetera, et cetera, this institution, et cetera. Um, so it was a way of empowering each other through uh, exchange of knowledge and storytelling. And in Whole Earth, a huge thing we focus on is hearing and feeling your voice be heard that's huge for me. So we practice the gathering in a circle rather than just a meeting or an event. 
And to me, to be in circle, which I hope you felt and you experienced, yes, um, is a practice of rather than just being with others in a room, we are entering a joint space where we acknowledge how we are connected. And so um, whole earth is more about sharing something with each other, a tool or a hack or knowledge, but we still start grounding in recognition of what it means to enter space together. And that starts with the name for me. So a practice we do, for example, is to um, say your full name when you enter with all uh, middle names, last names, accents, or even the chosen name that you go by that embodies you. And for me, that's less about telling everyone else who you are, but more about you calling in who and what you carry when you enter a room. What do you bring to a space when you enter something communal? I believe no one enters a room alone. Every being carries a lineage of story, of family before us, those who have come before us, and those who will come after. And so when we say our name, that's carried in the way our name is said. Um, especially with the accents they carry. And so sometimes the practice will even start doing intros with our eyes closed. To really emphasize, like, do it for you. Enter the space. Know how you enter the space. Um, so Whole Earth and um, Summer Lab are both studies that have used um, different tools I've been trained with, which are Kundalini Yoga, Pilates Yoga, Breathwork, um, as mediums to self-study. Honestly, like what really stood out to me, especially is this idea of not knowing what comes next, especially as women of color and that, that reflection about how the labyrinth showed up at this time for you felt really like cosmic and, and meant to be. And yeah, this sharing and, and mm. seeing how we all enter a space together and enter without being alone is also something that really stood out to me. And I, I have a dance background and a movement background, which I've spoken to you about before, uh, but I hadn't practiced movement or meditation so intentionally and, and freely as I have as a participant in your sessions and in your classes. And it's something you just spoke to just now is the safety that you create in, in those spaces. And that really stood out to me, especially as like a black femme and often like meditative spaces or movement spaces or yoga or dance um, aren't spaces that I feel completely safe in, um, in my body. And, and I really appreciated that. So I was curious if you could speak more to how how you hold space, um, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I don't take this lightly at all, and it's important to acknowledge as someone choosing to lead movement and to, to hold a room, that that's a responsibility, right? To feel trusted by other, others and trust that I can be trusted. Um, so for me, movement, the way I like to teach it, 
Uh, I feel like this word is such a cliche word, but I feel like it's an act of rebellion. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Against movement world. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, it was never like, I've taken yoga classes and, and different forms of movement classes before in the city, but I never really quite felt like comfortable. I was always a little tense or on edge or like extremely concerned about doing things quote unquote correctly or getting found out for not knowing how to do things correctly. Um, And that is so distracting. (laughs) And I think really those whole um, intention that wellness worlds carry or wellness communities carry, which is to feel well, right? And I don't think that any studio or institution is able to tell me how I'm going to feel well in my body. And so holding space for me is about allowing that room for that participant to decide, how do you need to feel well in your body? I have tools, I have some options here and I can guide you. But I truly believe the, my role as a teacher is to mirror the teacher each participant already has within themselves, within their own body, within the wisdom of their own breath, the wisdom of their own experience, mirror that back onto you. Um, and to me, that means leaving room for play. <laughs> and I hope you felt this too. Um, play to me, of course, like the first place our mind goes to is like, literally play like joy degrees of joy and dancing and being <laughs> yeah. um which I like will first share a hundred percent back up <laughs> like there has to be a little bit of that I hope but play could also be just a curious sense of play mm. um moving from this place of like I have to do this correctly into what do I need to feel today you know and so it's important to um, stay curious. And um, I hope every class becomes an exploration where you are the driver. Mm-hmm. Here are some tools, but you choose what feels good. Um, and that to me is what movement gives. Movement is a poetry mm. of um, just like I was talking about with the labyrinth of humbling ourselves that we don't always have to quote unquote fix ourselves or understand, comprehend what we need to do or how we need to be. Yeah. Um, but humble ourselves that our bodies know mm-hmm. in every moment at ever changing and ever shifting, our bodies know how they need to feel. Um, they know what they are carrying and, a movement class, a breathing class is an opportunity to let the bodies lead. Um, so that's the hope. And I'm, I'm not saying my class are perfect. Classes are perfectly that, but that's always an intention is to, how can we drop out of a place of knowing into a place of feeling and letting our intuitive needs lead the way our bodies move. Um, yeah, yeah, freeing, freeing, freeing through play. Yeah, Mm -hmm. 
No, thank you so much. Uh, every time I like get to engage with you and hear you speak about these things, like be it in class or just other sessions I've seen, I'm just always taking in so much wisdom from your reflections. Mm, so I really likewise. Appreciate <laughs> um, and I, I'm I'm glad that you kind of brought up the. Um, I guess, like contention sometimes found in wellness spaces and this idea of having like perfectionism and how that shows up and feeling like you have to like really like do it this correct way. And um, something I've like learned about uh, perfectionism and and um, correctness is that it's a facet of white supremacy and like how that shows up in so many of our our mm-hmm. structures and, and activities and movements and everything. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious more about like the, the language of movement and, and how we see the, the nuances of how this shows up in, in our bodies in, and in regards to land. Um, and mm. throughout your classes, you, you always ground us in place and you even did that at the beginning of this, um, of this conversation. Um, of grounding in place and space that we take up. And um, I'm curious if you could speak a little bit more to, yeah, the intersections of movement as a word um, and in your own positionality and the positionality of folks who often are your class who are like racialized or immigrants or settlers or queer. Um, And yeah, like how movement shows up as, again, in our bodies, but also maybe in the sense of like migration and like, people move and you spoke to this lineage so yeah I would love to hear more about that (laughs) yeah thank you for that question uh the place that my mind goes to every time I talk about uh the standards that are that have been decade long set in place with dance and with um perfectionism around movement I always think about um the term self-care So self-care, which I've written about before, um, Mm. is a Black term, right? Like self-care was a coined term by the Black Panther Party. So because of racism, because of systemic and very violent other forms of harm in in places of wellness, whether that's physical health or mental health. Um, Black bodies, especially queer Black bodies, also had to create new means of taking care of themselves and their own community, literally taking care back into your own hands, um, where it was not being seen or treated well with decent respect. And I think it's important for all practitioners, especially those who are of color but not black such as myself to constantly remember that that so much of the ways I've learned to move um, has been not institutionalized I was moving to respond to allow a feeling to be expressed to put care back into my own hands Um, So much of the music I listen to and when I'm not teaching Pilates, yoga, Kundalini, etc. I'm taking dance classes (laughs) and the dance classes that I'm inspired by are extremely political. 
They are, I, I love taking voguing, whacking, and house, <laughs> all of which are, are means, like those are movements led by the Black, the queer, the Latinx folks, right, of decades ago, who were using movement as a means of political um, expression of taking care back into their own hands as well of freeing what they feel, of using the body to, as a language of its own to speak and express and connect to what they feel with others. Um, I was never really interested in going into the yoga world. I'm interested in how the body extends us, the movement of the body extends um, the heart what it's feeling. Often the body is able to heal us in ways that the mind and our language that we have is unable to, or maybe not ready yet to comprehend. But the way we are able to move can do that. And so thank you for pointing out um, the importance of grounding to every class. Um, Every summer lab we did, we did a land acknowledgement and a walking meditation labyrinth. And it was important to me to feel the feet on the ground and to imagine the, at the feet as they were walking were kissing the earth. The feet as they were walking were connected beneath the cement, through roots. A reminder of everywhere we stepped was a home mm. to other beings. Yeah. You know? Um, as settlers or immigrant settlers, can the ways we move still acknowledge that we are guests? Mm. Can the way we move still acknowledge who we are in community with just by standing and choosing to move on earth grounds, on indigenous lands? Um, How does our body express that and extend that respectfully? Um, Not that I have the answers to that, but how can we... Pay, pay closer attention to feel what that means for us each time, right? Yeah. But I think that moves into other things on breath, which I'm happy to talk about too. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, that was going to be well. First of all, again, thank you. I want to thank you after everything you say because I'm just again always <laughs> so much, and I yeah, I'm always learning so much. So that it really resonates, and I think especially what you said about being immigrant settlers or, or racialized settlers, how do we figure out the, the, the space in which we're still taking up and, and how we also are contributing to settler colonialism, even if we're not white in like the ways in which we benefit from certain systems and benefit from the land, uh, which we are uninvited mm-hmm. on, like you spoke to. So I really appreciate that. And I think it's really important for us to acknowledge and not just acknowledge but find tangible ways to start decolonizing in that sense and speaking to breath I really love throughout your classes that I've attended you have said our breath is the most honest thing we have and when you said that during one of our meditations it really stuck with me and made me quite emotional um, and it was a really powerful statement and and something I've been reflecting on for many reasons especially 
when we know that access to breath is something that Black and Indigenous folks, particularly women and girls and two-spirited, queer, trans and non-binary people, get stolen from them. And we've seen that throughout history, and it's been a really difficult and and heavy year. And so we've been experiencing a lot of grief around breath Mm -hmm. and livelihood. And I would love to hear how you think the honesty of our breath and meditation and this practice are vital for community healing. And even what exactly you mean by that, um, especially when Mm -hmm. just features and um, getting somewhere where we can be free. So I won't take credit for the quote. The quote is by a woman. I don't even know if it's her quote too. Who knows? Quotes are just getting passed down all over the place. Um, But I attended a breathwork ceremony, which is a little different than Kundalini, but it's a ceremony based in holotropic breathing, which is a type of breathing that if done for enough time uh, can set you in a place of um, a therapeutic response, like going deep into your subconscious or some even have a psychedelic response. So I attended one of these by a woman named Joanna Barron in Toronto. And she had said it as a quote. So it may have been from someone else. And I don't know if she meant it this way, but that stuck with me very deeply. And I wrote, Uh, pages, pages, pages of journaling after that session about that quote. Um, So much can be said, so much understanding, and I don't want to give it a definitive understanding, but what came to my mind was um, bowing to the teacher in our breath. Um, Short and shallow, it tells us what we are needing able to be slowed it is a source of comfort it goes back to what i was mentioning earlier of um, the importance of taking your care into your own hand as something not stagnant but something that is living your care is changing at moment to moment what you need what will nourish you is changing moment to moment and our breath is a resource to get to know what that might be But more than this, um, when we were in High Park, it was such a beautiful setting because we were on a hill and we would often put our arms up and take a breath. And then all of a sudden the trees would blow with the wind and fill us, right? And so I remember speaking to acknowledging the land and um, these words coming to me about how Air is the first thing we learn connection from. Air is where we can understand our connection to all. The wind is a carrier of the same air that all living beings are breathing, all trees are breathing, all beings of different ethnicities of different places in the world, class, and myself are all breathing in exchange with one another. We are connected through the winds that we breathe. Um, And that remembering, that's something we know, but we sometimes forget 
I think is a powerful thing to hold onto, especially now, um, as there are so many uncoverings happening about injustices in terms of access institutional, um, systemic oppression, etc., about how we are in connection all the time through the simplicity of breath. We know this first. And to me, to be in community with the trees we are breathing with, the earth we are standing on, to be in community with all the other beings we practice with when we come to a movement class is to be in commitment to each other. It's to recognize that as long as this air is healthy, you are healthy and I am healthy. Your wellness is bound and connected to my wellness. And the breath that we breathe reminds us of that. Um, so that to me is a reminder of connection the honesty of our breath to others and to ourselves. And I think to speak more into what you're saying about who breath is too often stolen from and much easier accessed by, I think breath is the resource, the tool we all inherently have that is not subject to what institutions or what classes you have access to. Breath is your care by your means, you have it in your home, you have it in every moment, as long as you are living, we have breath. And how we connect to that is also a very primal way of knowing. Whether you come to a class or not, like I was teaching a um, workshop called Breathing Tools over the summer and over quarantine when this respiratory disease of Corona, COVID began, in Toronto at least, all the lockdowns. Um, I was teaching folks tools I've learned to teach in classes, but teaching you how to do it on your own without having to have a mat, without having to quote unquote call it a meditation. Just on the subway, you can pick up a breathing technique and nourish yourself. What a profound thing. So we have to be careful of wellness making us wellness industries. Let's call it what it is. It's an industry. It's a business. Um, feeding us this belief that wellness is only accessible to us as something outside of us. Mm -hmm. Something we buy or something we attend. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. Breath is a beautiful reminder of a simple source we always have that you can take at your own means. Um, and to me, that is a political tool we have, a crucial political tool. Um, and in every time we practice it, it's a remembering of something so simple, so primal, so loving, we always have access to. And so now when I breathe, especially this summer, this year, I'm thinking so deeply about who and what that breath connects to. Imagining what places are carried in that breath what loved ones have exchanged that same air with me and so every time we inhale we can imagine being in conversation with whatever beings whatever earth whatever trees you're thinking of and every time we exhale you're taking that nourishment and feeding it back this conversation this constant 
connection. So that's breath for me. <laughs> yes. No, thank you so much. Um, I really loved what you said about it being a political tool and how it is an act of resistance to keep uh, keep breathing. And for so many communities, like especially mm-hmm. if our air is not clean or if we are being suppressed like by breathing and by being alive, that in and of itself is an act of resistance. And with every breath, you carry forward so much of that ancestry and that lineage mm-hmm. and you're breathing almost for them. I find that at least like ever since I, I also journaled very much after you yeah. <laughs> see to that quote and I was like, whoa. And so that's what I was definitely taking away from it. And it was just extremely powerful to think about because I think it's so easy, uh, speaking for myself, it, it is really easy to like get distracted and not think about breath until you're yes. kind of confronted with something in which either uh, it's being restricted or or it's really you're really aware of it um, because you're in a moment of stress or anxiety. And so to try and focus on breath throughout your day to day has been a practice that I've taken after after hearing this and um, especially like you said like right now with COVID knowing that it impacts your respiratory system is really just it reminds me not to take every breath for granted and that Mm -hmm. every time I'm inhaling it's it's because I'm alive and I'm continuing forward so Thank you for that and introducing that to me. Um, and now to Amazing. all those listening. My pleasure. Just gonna say, like, <laughs> I think my favorite thing, oh, one mm-hmm. last thing on that. Yeah. Um, there's this teaching in the lineage I've learned, which is Kundalini, um, that the breath is the carrier of the emotions. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the word is how we put that into reality so it's all connected the breath the word and then reality and I love I often cue the breath as the divine in action breath as your life force Mm. and it helps me like oof humble myself to like whoa what a beautiful powerful source we have yeah yeah no thank you for putting that um like context there and that reflection. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so I'm sitting with that. So thank you. <laughs> um, I would love to know what's been giving you energy and keeping you motivated. And if there's anything you'd like to amplify or, or give a shout out to, <laughs> to our audience. Uh, mm-hmm. For sure. I really find, I find like um, we're really focused right now on a lot of the urgency and the negatives in our lives, but how joy and energy is also, again, like such an act of resistance. So I'd love to hear like, yeah, yeah. you joy and how are you staying, you know, fulfilled if anything um, you'd like to share. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, I, I love that you brought that up because I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Like uh, I saw a picture of myself in January giggling Mm. that I just posted and I was like whoa joy nowadays feels so different <laughs> it's different it's it carries things right like it carries a heavier weight and like um I think it's a, an important way 
joy is such a beautiful sight to think about still remaining critical of your world. We can remain critical of our world. We can be angry about our world and the situations we are within and learning about Mm -hmm. and still cultivate joy, Mm -hmm. still believe that we are deserving of joy. I, I honestly see this and not as a way of becoming aloof or turning a blind eye, but as sustaining what you feel, you know, and honoring it with respect with respect that it's not something temporary to feel angry to feel critical about something is not just temporary it'll be prolonged (laughs) it'll be carried it won't change immediately we don't feel these things just so that they are resolved or they disappear um they inform our joy Mm -hmm. they feed our joy to feel like true joy and not escape Mm -hmm. how do we hold these things but still sustain ourselves through it. Um, Laughter is important and play is important. And I find that in music so deeply. I, before I ever thought I would teach, I never thought I could be a dancer, but I knew Mm -hmm. I loved to dance. (laughs) Um, I actually used to back up dance for my friends and I had never felt so true. Um, So lately these days, I'm going back to dance. And as I mentioned, learning a lot, I'd like to shout out one of my, like, uh, my favorite teachers and like holders of space ever, which is uh, Colors Ashley Perez. She is a whacking dancer in Toronto who was holding workshops this summer. I learned with her every week and it was incredible to learn whacking. What a powerful space. sensual yet badass political way of moving the body um and she is one to always remind us like how many bodies black and latinx bodies had had to die and risk their lives just so we can leisurely dance this way Mm. you know Mm. so what a what a reminder of like your joy can carry this Mm -hmm. it does not need to turn a blind eye, but it can honor the importance of moving anyway Mm -hmm. and feeling what you feel anyway and letting it move through your body. Yeah. And I I love music for that Um, because there's so much politics in music if you really listen, especially from whacking, from voguing. Um, It's still taking ownership of how you want to feel, you know? Um, so for me, what's bringing me life is continuing to dance uh, by taking classes or just listening to disco music. And I love Autumn so much because you can spend any amount of time sitting and looking at a tree mm-hmm. and feel so filled yeah. with nourishment. It's a beautiful thing. For for that and for sharing. Also, when you were speaking of um, lacking and movement like that, it also reminded me of the Brazilian practice of capoeira. Um, mm. which I really want to like get into and like the beauty and the resistance there. Um, and so like, thank you for also flagging all these other movement styles because there is, there's so much that you can like uncover and, and find through like movement and that folks have been practicing all over the world as ways of finding joy, but also finding resistance at the same time. And I'm really, really grateful that yeah. you- you brought that up because it's so Mm -hmm. 
And I would, let me, you kind of spoke to um, a newer um, session that you'll be starting as of today, which is so exciting. And I just want yeah. to know um, <laughs> what comes next for you in this work? Is there anything else that you wanted to share? Um, just because I'm sure everyone would be like, what can we do with you? <laughs> um, <laughs> thing, oh man. Have, like, what are we going to be able to do? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm taking a lot of what we talked about and how I first met Yaz was through Summer Lab. We can't do that in person as much anymore just mm-hmm. to keep folks safe from with COVID restrictions. So now I'm taking it online, which will be a little different. Yeah. But, um, I'm teaching a lot online. Uh, I post most of my classes on Instagram, which is Renalyn Quinn on Instagram. And I will be continuing to teach meditation, dance, and Pilates there. But I think where I'm at explore interpreting what I'm teaching as art, as a way of connecting to people through a workshop basis so that there is dialogue and there's less of this, like, I am the teacher, the all-knowing, and you're the student. I would like... <laughs> All movements to be, you know, like what? <laughs> I I hope that um, I can reinterpret the tools I've learned to uh, share space differently where folks can communicate back. And, oh, how about I choose something like this? How about we move like this? Um, so I'm interested in it being a communal exploration. Uh, I'm working with kids right now that are four to five years old and seeing how they like the breathing meditations, which has been so cute and inspiring. Um, so if they're able to do it, adults are able to do it. <laughs> so I'm hoping to collaborate with people. Yeah. Make more dialogue based classes. That sounds so <laughs> lovely. And we'll link to all of the resources that you shared as well as your, your, social links in our show notes um just so people can stay mm-hmm. uh, to date I really just want to like thank you so much I know I've been thanking you throughout but it's just I'm holding so much gratitude for you and all the <laughs> that you shared um not only with me but to uh, all of those who will be listening to this I just really think that you hold and carry such a humility and such a wisdom and yeah I, I constantly feel like I'm learning from you so it's so it was just so energizing to be in conversation with you today and I feel super honored that you <laughs> spoke with me um, about mm-hmm. being, taking time um, so thank you so much Ren I really really appreciate it <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity and the space. Mm-hmm. And also sharing. Likewise, likewise, likewise. Thank you. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Blessing. <laughs> for more information on Rena Lynn's work, visit the CKX website, ckx.org. CKX Questions is a podcast from CKX, Community Knowledge Exchange. This season of CKX Questions is made possible in part with the generous support of the Lawson Foundation. The intro and outro music for CKX Questions is the song Good Vibes from Broken Parts' self-titled album. Be sure to check out the link in the show notes to support their amazing work. And until next time, take care and let's take care of each other.